Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Good morning. (laughs) Um, For those who don't know me, my name is Crystal. Okay, we're good. Um, So, as usual, (laughs) I'm just going to let God just speak through me today. I have nothing planned, but um, I would like for everyone to just come home to themselves today, and we will do that by just focusing on our light, focusing on the love that exists within. Um, So if you may, join me and close your eyes. If you're in a position to receive today, if you're looking for an answer, if you need more love, if you need forgiveness, if you need to hear the voice of God, you can place your hands up. If you're feeling a little bit of fear, maybe some anxiety, if you're going through a hard time, you need a little grounding, you may place your arms, your hands down. Maybe you're feeling a little hurt in your heart and you just want to connect to the most beautiful part of you. You may place your hands on your heart. And just take a deep breath in through your nose and we release what no longer serves us as we exhale out through the mouth. Deep breath in through the nose. An audible exhale out through the mouth. Allow this pattern to flow through you. This beautiful life force energy. Deep breath in through the nose. a cleansing breath out through the mouth. Internally or externally, I want you to repeat to yourself, I am home. You are a beautiful soul that lives within this beautiful temple. Come into contact with that soul through every breath that you take. Deep inhale. And a deep exhale. Today we'll do a body scan meditation inviting the divine light of God to flow through your being. Picture a light. Whatever color comes to you, picture this beautiful light flowing in through the top of your head. And as it flows through the top of your head, allow this light to enter through the top of your head and allow it to just flow through your body. 
Invite this light in with your breath. Give this light intention. Tell this light exactly what you need it to do for you in this moment. Ask it for healing. Tell it you need forgiveness, you need to forgive. Tell it to open your heart. Focus on this beautiful bright light. Just keep breathing. Allow the light to touch every part of your brain. Allow it to flow to your forehead, healing any sort of tension, pain, to the sides of your temple, allow this light to touch. Allow this light to flow through your eyes. When this light flows through your eyes, picture how beautiful you are, see how beautiful you are. Ask this light to allow you to see the world through a set of new eyes, to see yourself through a set of new eyes. What does this look like? Allow the light to flow through your nose and take a deep inhale through your nose and release through your nose. Allow it to flow all the way down to your throat and thank this light for nourishing your throat to your mouth, to all parts of your face, Invite this loving light of God into your being. And as this light flows to your heart space, I want you to take a little bit longer here. What's on your heart today? Is there something that is weighing heavy on you, that needs to be released from your heart. Allow this light to flow through your heart and feel how big and beautiful your heart is. Feel how much love you give. Put yourself in a position to receive this light of God. I am light. You may say to yourself, I am divine. like to flow to your lungs 
The lungs is actually where we hold the most of our grief. So we invite this light into our lungs to heal our grief, our pain. I am strong. Deep inhale. And a deep exhale. Allow this light to flow to your limbs, to your fingers, to your toes. Become embellished in this light. Overflow yourself with this light, with this love of God. continue to breathe. Just take a moment of silence to just be with yourself. Be with your soul. What does your soul feel like in this moment? This is who you really are. An offspring of God. Absolutely perfect just the way you are. to fill with this life force energy. Deep exhale, let go of what no longer serves you. Place your hands on your heart. And if you wish, repeat after me. I am love. And really feel into that love. I am love. No matter what you've been through, no matter who you've been, the mistakes you've made, you are love, and God only sees love. I am love. light to your heart and then send this light to the rest of the world take a moment to just be here with our world think of those that are going through anything right now 
going through trauma, hard times, we send this light to them. Last cleansing breath. Deep inhale and let it go. Bring awareness back into your body, your mind, your heart, your soul. Crystal, I appreciate that. Thank you to uh, our worship team. Cleansing breaths is exactly what I needed this morning. I want to share with you a couple words. I won't be too long because uh, we've kind of ex extended our service today with these unique elements, with the story that was shared and with the meditation that we did today. But I do want to share this. Um, I was saying hi to my friend today. And he was like, how you doing, man? I was like, oh, good, you know, just been a little, little tough recently, but we're good. He's like, yeah, man, me too. You know, he was telling me about things that were happening with his family. And he says, but listen, I need what you have to say today. And that's the only reason why I'm even going to say what I'm going to say today. <laughs> For whoever, <laughs> this can help because I'd rather have just meditated the rest of the morning, to be honest. But I want to speak to you today about how your words create your world. In the poem that op opens up the Hebrew scriptures, God is depicted as speaking the world into existence. Look at what it says in the book of Hebrews. The universe was created by God's word so that what can be seen was made out of what cannot be seen. In Psalm 33, 9, it says, for God spoke and it came to be. Many of us don't realize that in a very similar fashion, what we speak is what comes to be. Our power as human beings, whether we use that creatively, constructively, or destructively, is found in our word. Words matter immensely. And the words that matter the most are the words that you speak to yourself. The stories that you tell yourself in your head, the beliefs that you hold on to and that you grip onto really tightly frame your entire reality. The way you experience your life how you experience your life is a reflection of the beliefs and the concepts that you are attached to on the inside. We're almost never dealing directly with reality. We're almost always dealing and, and uh, touching upon reality through the filter of our thoughts. It's a really big filter. And what tends to happen is sometimes at no fault of our own, we get so caught up in our perception of reality that we begin to confuse our perception for reality itself. Can you see how that happens sometimes? But it's natural, it's normal, we believe this. This is the story in our head. This is how we are interpreting the situation. And so this is what it is. We can't see anything else outside of that filter. That belief, that interpretation, that perception that we have latched onto. And we think that's reality. We think that's real. But that is projection. There's a reason why spiritual transformation is oftentimes spoken of in terms of awakening. Because it really is like a waking up. You wake up to the mind's dreaming. You wake up to the ego's play. All of the judging and narrating and labeling that your mind does is much more a reflection of your conditioning, 
your wounding, your painful experiences than it actually is of reality itself. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. This world and everybody in it is your mirror. This world and everybody in it is your mirror. If I can't see you and love you, it's not because of you. At least that's how I have chosen to live my life. And that's all I have to offer to you, right? It is what I have come to learn through my own spiritual experience and what it is that God has shown to me. When you wake up to the limitation of your internal narration, that's what it means to be set free. Because your mind will go where your mind goes when the stuff hits the fan. But if you know that that voice is the voice of your conditioning, the voice of your programming, and not the voice of reality, you're set free. Because the moment you attach to that judgment, the moment you attach yourself to that belief that you have about how they hurt you, and why this happened when it shouldn't have ever happened, and everything that I ever went through, and I can't believe that this happened to me, the moment you attach to that, you begin to suffer. And waking up to the mind's dreaming doesn't mean you're not going to feel anything. You will feel. But now, instead of feeding that emotion with your narrative, your narrative usually of victimhood or self-righteousness or pride, Ego, 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 instead of feeding that emotion with a narrative, you're just letting it be. You're feeling it. And when you feel it, you just, as hard as it is, you just got to feel it all the way. If you don't put a story over that feeling, that feeling will come and it will go. It will come and it will go. Maybe not on your timetable. It may be a while, but I promise you it's going to take you much longer if you're feeding the emotion with a narrative. Why do we always have to tell a story? Well, we're meaning-making creatures. That's what we do. We create meaning out of things. That's what our words do. But we don't recognize that the meaning that we create out of things oftentimes is rooted in fear. And where there is fear, there is no love. And God is love. And you are love. And only love is real. Only love is real. Everything else is an illusion. If we're honest with ourselves, our internal dialogue about others, about life, about even our own selves, is overwhelmingly negative most of the time. It's not your fault. It's your inheritance. We all inherited this as human beings. It's ego. That's what it is. And you're not at fault for being a negative Nancy. Okay? <laughs> That's just the way that it goes, especially when our feelings are hurt. Up to this point, you have confused your internal dialogue with reality. But now... Because God loves you and you're listening to this, you will be able to tell the difference between what is real and what is not. Because you've been thinking up to this point that it's the situation that's been causing you your suffering. But it's never been the situation that causes you your suffering. But your interpretation of it. That is where your work always is. Whatever happens to you, whatever they say, the worst of the worst that you can imagine is here. That is taking ultimate responsibility for your existence. Taking full responsibility 
for your emotional state. The alternative to this is I feel the way I feel. I'm angry. I'm hurt. This sucks. And now I'm going to start blaming and judging whoever I need to to stand my ground on this emotion because I have a right to feel how I feel. Because that was messed up what they did. And they shouldn't have done that. And now you're lost in the dream. You understand? If I sound crazy, let it sound crazy. One soul will understand. This is what I'm talking about. This is why people can go through the same thing and have radically different experiences. Case in point, have you ever asked anybody about a show that they watched on Netflix, if they liked it or not? And you start getting opinions about everybody. I feel like if I'm in an extended conversation with you, that's just going to come up. It's one of the things I try and take out of my toolbox to find common ground. Like, oh, you what? what are you watching on Netflix? Is it good? Oh, I'm looking for new shows. I love when I see that on Facebook or something. Someone's like, I need a new show. And please give me your, your favorite shows. And people list all the shows, whatever. Well, when you ask somebody what you think about a certain show, everybody's going to tell you something different. It's the same show. <laughs> everybody's going to tell you something different. One person's going to tell you, oh, the first season was really slow, but then it picks up after that, so you just got to stick with it. Then the other person will be like, oh, really? I thought the first season was the worst, but, you know, I thought the first season was actually really good, and then it gets progressively worse, and I don't know. They'll tell you the exact opposite. We were just talking about power. Anybody watch Power? We were talking about the latest season of Power, me and Talon. And he's like, well, you don't like it? I'm like, nah, man, it's disappointing me, bro. He's like, I love it. <laughs> Same show. Life is God's show. You live in a God-saturated world. It is God that is in and through all things. As above, so below. That's our vision. The contemplative vision. The divine vision. You see God in everything. You see everything in God. Life is God's show. All that other stuff in your head is just commentary. It's just commentary. When we talk about these Netflix shows, I get your opinion and I get your opinion. Okay, what is the truth? Is that show good or is it bad? It is what it is. You understand? <laughs> and it's whatever you think it to be. That's life. It is what it is. And it is whatever you think it to be. What's crazy is, Sometimes we will base our entire opinion and judgment about a show on the basis of what a couple people told us about it. I'm one of those folks. I'd be like, no, I'm not going to watch that show because I heard it was bad. So I'm not going to watch it. So you haven't even tried it for yourself. You haven't even evaluated it for yourself. You haven't tested it out for yourself. But you are basing your opinion on this on the basis of what you think is the majority view. As if just because the majority believes something to be true, it's true. And that's not the case a lot of the times. So can you see how most of our politics and religious life is about human beings caught up in this game? The more entrenched you are, in an ideology that does not allow you to see the possible truthfulness of anything outside of it, the more further removed you are from the truth. Because truth is able to accept that there are multiple realities. Truth is able to accept that there are a variety of different ways of looking at things. This is why you can't just depend on logic. 
The spiritual journey is about going beyond logic because life is not logical. Life is paradoxical. Life doesn't make sense. You try and fit that into your logic, good luck, Charlie. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. Anybody heard of the multiverse theory? You know, uh, there's this show now on uh, Disney Plus with Loki, which I, it's all about like multiverse and different timelines and universes and all this stuff. Maybe next time Ryan teaches, he could tell you more about the multiverse theory. But it's the idea that there are, we're, our universe isn't the only universe in space. Like there's possibly multiple universes infinitely. Crazy to think about that. Whether or not that's true, we already live in a multiverse. You got your universe. I got my universe. You got your universe. They got their universe. And everybody's living in a different universe. No two people are living in the same world. No two people are living in the same world. So now you get into somebody else's world, right? Your universe collides with somebody else's universe. And you start taking personal a whole bunch of stuff that really has nothing to do with your universe. It's their universe, but because you're in your universe and now they're in your universe, you think that it's all the same thing. This is how we get very convoluted and confused. An example of this, I was in the gym earlier this week and we were doing like a class and loud music playing, you know, and we're doing like these circuits. So I was doing um, something called power cleans, okay? Now I watched the trainer show everyone how to do it, or so I thought, and I, I was doing it. And the way I was doing it was hard. I, at the end, I found out that I was doing more than he instructed us to do. So he saw me. I'm doing the power cleans. and I'm going all the way down and all the way up. You weren't supposed to go all the way down, I guess. And he comes up to me. And he says, oh, you're doing, um, you're doing more than you're supposed to. And what I responded, loud music playing. What I responded to him was, how do you do it? You know what he said to me? Oh, that's how you do it? He thought I said, oh, that's how you do it? Now, you know, two men in the gym telling each other how to work out. It's very easy. You can, if you're a trainer, you, you've probably run into some dudes who are like, this is how I do it, bro. Right? There's, I'm sure there's human beings like that. If you try and correct them, this is how I do it. So I could tell already in his demeanor and his face and how he was, re, you know, reacting to my comment. That, and I heard him. He said, oh, that's how you do it? Now, thankfully, we cleared that mess up. <laughs> I said, no, 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 tell me how to do it. And then he smiled and he showed me how to do it. I was like, oh, man, I'm doing extra. I'm done. And I walked away. <laughs> but now let's get into a hypothetical. Let's say just a hypothetical. Let's say. I was doing the cleans, I was doing it wrong. He comes to try and teach me how to do it right and he hears me say, this is how I do it, bro. And that's where the conversation ends. Let's say, let's say that's where the conversation ends because it very easily could have just been one of those things where it's so loud that I just smile at him and we just keep walking. It could have easily been a situation like that where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he walks away, I would. Now, if he would have heard me saying, that's how you do it, in this hypothetical scenario that I'm posing to you, he could have left there thinking, this guy is such a jerk, dude. And then he could have went to now go tell somebody else, can you believe that this happened? I went up to this dude, and I was telling him that he was doing it wrong, and he told me, that's how you do it. He said, that's how you do it? How rude is that? Now, if y'all don't think that kind of miscommunication happens in our day-to-day -day life, I don't know what world you're living in. <laughs> Stuff like that happens more than you think. 
which is why it's always better to try and be as generous as possible because you are only ever seeing a very thin slice of the whole pie. You're never seeing the whole pie. You are seeing a very thin slice of the pie that is filtered through your lenses, your conditioning, your programming, your insecurities, your fears. There's this story that I read recently about a very wise teacher who was retiring, and she had her class on the last day of school, and she wanted to leave them with a little gift of wisdom. And so she called everybody together, and she said, okay, I have a riddle for you guys. I have a quiz for you to solve. And they said, okay, what is it? Here's the quiz, she says to the class. You're sleeping. You're dreaming. There's a lion chasing you, so you're running for your life. You run a little bit, and you see another lion right out in front of you. So you look to go to the left and to the right. You turn to the right, another lion. You turn to the left, another lion. How do you escape? Everybody got quiet. Man, how do I escape? Everybody got quiet. Finally, she said, there's only one right answer. Wake up. Wake up. Snap out of your dream. If you feel like life is a nightmare, and I know this is much easier said than done, but we, this is a, a, a practice in accepting what is and loving what is, and you do this gradually, and it starts by hearing. You hear this, and then now you test the validity for this, of this in your life. When you're in a situation and you think someone else is your problem, you start testing the validity of this. It's going to hurt a lot to do this because you're questioning your beliefs. You're questioning your interpretations, the truthfulness of those interpretations. Wake up. If your life feels like a nightmare, all that's needed for you to do is wake up. Wake up. Anything the ego is rehearsing about the past or projecting into the future is a dream, and it is only real in your imagination. I was talking with somebody a couple days ago and they were telling me that they were feeling a little stressed and tense and kind of like this feeling of inadequacy because even though they're able to support themselves right now in their life, you know, one day they want to have a family. And with the income that they have in their life situation, they, they wouldn't be able to provide for that family right now. And so this person was feeling like, man, I'm behind. And after they told me this, I said, okay, wait, let me recap this. So what you're telling me is you're stressed because you cannot provide for a family that doesn't exist. <laughs> and that's what they did. It was like a light bulb went off. They woke up to the dream. That's how it goes. It was Shakespeare who said oftentimes what we think is a tragedy is just a comedy misunderstood. It takes a lot of us because we, we aren't exposed to this kind of wisdom. It takes a lot of us a long time to get to the other side where we can look back and say, now I can laugh at it. But back then, it was no laughing matter. Well, eventually you come to realize if, I could, if I'm going to one day laugh about it, why not just start now? If you're interested in freedom, it's available to you. Laughter loosens the ego in ways that you can never begin to imagine. And you're laughing at yourself, you know, really. Just laugh at yourself. And all of the stories, oh, my God, the mind is so creative. The mind will find a problem with everyone and everything. Some of y'all are judging me right now. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just how it goes. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> So if, if peace is what you're interested in, don't believe everything you think, okay? A lot of us are unhappy because we listen to ourselves more than we talk to ourselves. When you wake up in the morning, I mean, without you even trying, without you even intending, your mind is already a thousand miles per hour. It's like me. I had a hard time sleeping last night for no reason other than just my mind. 
Just going and going and going and going. You don't even intend to do it. And your mind already goes on hyperdrive. Telling you all about its fearful dreams of what's to come. Telling you all about your insecurities. Telling you all about how insufficient you are. Now, who is it that's talking to you? Yourself. Ego. Important, though, to make this distinction. Right? You are not that. So this is yourself talking to you. Now, I want to read to you this psalm. Psalm 42. The author is going through a very difficult time. And he says, why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become restless and disturbed within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Notice how instead of allowing his self to talk to him, he talks to his self. He tells the self. If your mind is stuck in a place of despair, that is the moment for you to speak words of truth over yourself. If your mind is stuck in a place of restlessness, if you are disturbed within yourself, that is the very moment when you should be mustering up all the strength that you can to speak love over your life. The other option is you become a victim of the thoughts in your mind. You become a prisoner of yourself. This is what Jesus was talking about in Mark chapter 11 when he said, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for them. Whatever mental state you are in right now can be shifted. You can speak to the mountains of fear and anger and anxiety and depression and loneliness and insecurity. Speak words of love. Speak words of truth. Speak words of wisdom. Speak words of grace. Because the universe corresponds to the nature of your speaking. When you speak life-giving affirmations over yourself... You are rewiring your mind. You are changing the way that you perceive. Affirmations don't necessarily make your circumstances different, but they make you different. And when you're different, so will your life be. Because what we speak is what we see. The words that we attach to in our mind is what is reflected back to us in Reality. So, you are only ever imprisoned by your own narratives. For some of us, that's, we're in a place where we can't even hear that now. That sounds like, ugh, I can't, I don't even have that in me. Then throw away all of this. This ain't for you. No problem. You work with where you are. Eventually, when you hit rock bottom, you can maybe test the truthfulness of this for yourself if you have no other options. But I much rather just always keep my focus here than on you and what they said and what she said about me and what they're doing and what their mama said about me and what they think and this and that or the other. Simplify your life. Just, this is why the, the, the mystics speak of it as a single-mindedness. In the book of James, it says, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That double-mindedness. No, no, no. Single-mindedness. Single-mindedness. How do we unlock ourselves from this prison of our own narrative? You do it with the key of faith. 
Not faith that things are going to change. Not faith that things are going to get better. Not faith that everything is going to end up the way that you want it to because it may not. But faith doesn't need it to. Faith is about trusting that everything is always unfolding in perfect harmony with the divine will. That's it. Reality is much kinder than the way we perceive it to be. Life is not the problem. If we are really trusting that there is an infinite intelligence that is at work in the heart of all existence, okay, life is not the problem. Reality is fine the way that it is. It's our thinking that can use the adjustment. And when you begin to adjust there, you will be surprised what you can be able to look at and still love. I mean, I had to learn this because in my line of work, whether you're a, a Mother Teresa or a murderer, I got to see God in you or I can't help you. So everybody is equal. Everyone the same. I was having that conversation with my mom this week. She was like, no, but these people are evil. And I, yeah, I know. I get it. I know. It's like people are crazy. You know, they're cruel. And like, she's <laughs> and my dad, because we always talk about hell. And they know, like, you know, I don't know about that. But they're, my dad was like, no, they're going to hell. I'm like, oh, I guess. I mean, you know, whatever. But I get it. I get it. You know, love, love can contain everything. Love can contain everything. And so go as far, I mean, you know, some of us, we're not going to be content until we go a thousand, ten percent of the way. You know, I guess that's why God has me in this role. Others of us, you know, we want to climb the mountain just a little bit. Okay, I see enough from here. I'm comfortable here. (laughs) Thank you. That's fine. (laughs) You know, but but keep going. Keep going. If you're if 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 peace is what you're looking for, I encourage you to just keep going and go at your own pace. And everything is school. Everything is school. Everything is your school. Everything is your school. And when you see it like that, it's like, okay, you know, I remember when coronavirus hit last year, something that I was saying to our folks was, nothing changes. This is just another tool for our practice, our practice of letting go, our practice of surrender, our practice of trusting God. All of it is a part of your practice. So when you walk in this awareness, it comes with a responsibility, and I'll end here. It comes with a a very important social responsibility. How are we using our words? Because our words don't just affect us. Look at what it says in the book of Proverbs. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. There's a story about two kangaroos. They fell in a ditch, and then there was a a group of kangaroos that saw it happen, and so they went around them, and one of them was trying really hard. No, both of them were actually trying really hard to get out, but the kangaroos on the top were saying, listen, you're too deep. There's no way you're going to get out of this pit, and so one of them stopped trying. The other one, for some reason, even though they kept telling them that they weren't going to get out, kept trying, kept trying, kept climbing, kept climbing. Eventually, that kangaroo made it out. Now, that kangaroo was partially deaf. So the other kangaroos were like, why is it that even though we kept telling you that you can't make it out of the pit, you kept trying to climb out of the pit? And the partially deaf kangaroo was like, When I saw you guys cheering me on, I got so encouraged, and I found the strength within me to keep going. So, number one, look at how how beautiful of an illustration this is of the effect that our words have on others. 
Number two, look at how beautiful of an illustration this story is of how powerful we can become when we do not let the words of others affect us, including the words of others that live in our mind, telling us that we're not good enough, telling us that it won't work out for us, telling us everything that we're not. When you find this freedom, you have the responsibility to now use your words to bring healing and life. This is how we bring change to the world. I was listening to a rabbi talk about this, and you know, she said, Hitler didn't come to power with tanks and guns. He came to power with words. Some of the worst, worst things that human beings have done to other human beings all started with words. Voltaire says, if you can get people to believe absurdities, you can get them to commit atrocities. What a sacred responsibility we have to change the narrative. That is how we go about making this world a better place, bringing heaven to earth, changing the narrative, speaking a higher truth, a truth that is rooted in a universal consciousness, a truth that is rooted in the love of God, a truth that is rooted in no separation, equality and unity and oneness. This is what our world needs now more than ever. And it starts with you. It starts with each and every single one of us. It's how we make the world a better place, not by fighting with people, not by trying to convince them of how right we are, not by trying to convert them to our ideology, just by speaking and living a higher truth. That's it. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this incredible, incredible community. I thank you for the work that your spirit is doing in each and every one of our lives. I pray that these words would not fall on deaf ears, but that you, through your grace, would enable people to have ears to hear and eyes to see so that they can experience freedom in you. We lift, we, you know what, amen.